0: Okay. <laughs> Good morning, Bucknoters. Welcome to the Bucknuts Morning 5 here on Friday, September 24th, 2022. I am Dave Biddle. I am very happy to be joined by Jonah Booker for his usual Friday visit. A lot to get into. First of all, my friend, I woke up to 42 degree weather here in Columbus, Ohio this morning. Hence the hoodie. Um, What's the weather there like in the Valley of the Sun? We got a couple, we got a little bit
1: of rain the other day, so that cooled it down some, got some clouds. So today is supposed to be in about 90, but right now in this it's it's decent in the morning that you can get out and walk and take the dogs out in the morning and not feel like you've been dumped with a, a bucket of water or something. So it's it's about 75 right now this morning, but it's gonna still be pretty warm. At this point, Dave, I'm tip, I'm typically in the mode like, all right, we're a couple of weeks into football season. Can we be done with the hundred degree weather already?
0: Yeah, it's gonna maybe get up to like sixty here today. So it's it's crazy. It was ninety degrees a few days ago and then Literally fall hit, and the weather cooperated. It, like, shot down 30 degrees or more. All right, let's get us. so much stuff to get into. Obviously, Buckeyes against Wisconsin tomorrow night. We're going to break that down. First thing I wanted to ask you, so so many guys are dealing with ailments. Um, you know, you can call them minor injuries. Who knows? Nagging injuries. Um, the good news, I think, um, we'll find out tomorrow, but I think Jordan Hancock's probably the only one that's not going to play. He hasn't played yet this year, but a lot of guys are nursing injuries. We know Travion Henderson, Michael Hall, Jr., um, we know JSN got back last week, but was limited. Julian Fleming played last week, um, but was limited, but caught two touchdowns. Um so a lot of guys dealing with stuff. Um, where are you at? Are you concerned about that? or is that just typical football stuff three games into a season?
1: Somewhat concerned, Dave, because you know the the Jordan Hancock injury is lingering a whole lot longer than, what we really anticipated. I know that you had, uh, spoke with uh, Hancock in the summer. He thought he was going to be okay. Um, but right now it seems like it was a much bigger injury than what they were kind of leading on to initially. So just getting him back is going to be critical, especially we as we get into the Big Ten run. And then just kind of um, Trevion Henderson, he was back, but he's had a a series of knickknacks that's caused him to leave games. So just keeping him healthy is a major priority. But, you know, as far as the defensive line, the offensive line, you have to feel really good about the health at that position. So I think the wide receivers was uh, with JSN and Julian being hurt, it really gave the opportunity for some of those younger wide receivers to get some live reps uh, under them. So I think that's going to play off big in the long run. So I just think that right now they're as healthy as they can be. Um, you're obviously going to deal with a lot of injuries as the season progress. And the one thing that you, you have to take into consideration, if Ryan Day was really concerned about the injuries, He wouldn't have been pushing for such a physical practice this week to get ready for Wisconsin. If there was a a major injury issue, he'd have been scaling it back just trying to get healthy bodies into that game. But that was totally the opposite. They wanted to have a much physical practice um, and get ready for what they're going to experience Saturday against Wisconsin.
0: All right, Denzel Burke. Um, Let's get into him. Um, Are you concerned about Denzel Burke? Or is this just like he missed a lot of camp? He's had it. You know, he's in a slump, as Jimmy Knowles says. It's only three games. He's on an island. We saw what we saw last year. But he doesn't look like the same player. Are you concerned at all about Denzel
1: Burke? I, I am concerned about Burke. I, I want I want Burke to be playing at the level that we all saw him play at as a freshman. Now, you have to keep in mind, yes, this is this is a different scheme that he's playing in. They're asking him to be out there on the island. Um, so for him as a cornerback you have to have a short memory you can't let the last play the last series the last game affect how you play going forward and so for Denzel Burke I just think that he'll have you know a step forward and then two steps back a step forward and two steps back so for him it just has to be consistency if he could be consistent and he can trust in his technique and trust his own game he would be okay but hey we're You know, we're going into four four games into the season. He needs to be able to start, you know, pointing that arrow upwards as we start to get into the the meat of the Big Ten. Because what's going to happen is teams are going to see what other programs did on tape against Burt to have success and they're going to continue to mirror it. So Denzel Burke has to learn from his mistakes, get into that film room, spend that extra time, and just trust his craft, trust his training that he's been through since he's been at Ohio State.
0: Okay, so we've had some questions about recruiting. Let's get into that right now. Um, we have uh, one person wanting to know is uh, is Keon Keeley on Commitment Watch. It's a big recruiting weekend, um, mostly for 2024 20, kids and even 25, but um, what are your thoughts? I mean – you know, I know Keon Keeley is very interested in Ohio State. I don't know if I'd put him on commit watch. What do you think, Jay? Right, Commit watch might be a little much. I mean,
1: it, if he did commit coming out of this visit, I would be pleasantly surprised. Uh, he obviously has that Alabama visit that's lingering in, in the background later on this year. But I will say this. It says a lot that he's back to Ohio State in such a short amount of time on his own dime. So they always say, watch what the watch what the kids do, not necessarily what they say. So I will say this: I will say, please, uh, if he if he does, you know, have a have a good visit, don't go and flood the kids, uh, you know, Instagram and Twitter saying, hey, will you commit? When are you commit? Just let the process play out because you have to feel really good where Ohio State is at right now, and I think the Buckeyes will be leading coming out of this visit if they're not leading already. And will it be enough to hold off Alabama? I think so. In the end, I do think Keon Keely will be a Buckeye. Uh, but I, I'm i skeptical that this is going to be a commit watch this weekend. If it is, then boom, we can all celebrate. That would be
0: awesome. Heck yeah. Um, all right, let's get into some more. Uh, all right, let's get into it. Let's just get into the brass tacks here. Ohio State against Wisconsin tomorrow night. Absolutely can't wait for the game. Uh, Buckeyes favored by, man, I believe 19 at the last um, – Last time I saw I think it opened at 18. Um, so get into the matchup, so obviously Jim Knowles is a 4-2-5 scheme going up against a run-oriented uh, offense. Ohio State's electric offense going up against a Jim Leonard coach defense. Blackout tomorrow night. Uh, just your thoughts on this matchup. Are you confident from Ohio State's perspective?
1: I'm definitely confident um, for Ohio State. I'm really fascinated to see how this 4-2-5 defense plays against a heavy run team. Uh, against Wisconsin, because there's a lot of people out there that believe that 425 is very susceptible to the run. But Ohio State has done incredibly well uh, when it comes to stopping the run this year. So I'm curious to see when a team as committed as Wisconsin is to running the football, how does Jim Knows' defense hold up? On the flip side of that, on the offense, there's a lot of speculation out that Wisconsin could be banged up in the secondary. I just don't think that Wisconsin has the horses to run With Ohio State here, if Ohio State gets them into a track meet, which Ohio State would love to do, you put up a couple points on them, put the pressure on their offense. At that point, they got to abandon the run, and then you kind of get Wisconsin out of sync. I think things can really snowball for them. But keep in mind, Jim Leonard is a a heck of a defensive coordinator. They always play Ohio State tough. I know a lot of people expect a complete rout here. But Wisconsin, that's a good program. Even though, you know, they got shocked at home against Washington State, they're still going to come in and play like this is their Super Bowl. So I fully expect Wisconsin to come in and play like they have nothing to lose, which they don't. But in the end, I just think Ohio State is too fast. They're too uh, dynamic on the outside to match up against Wisconsin, especially if it's true that Wisconsin has a couple defensive backs that are banged up.
0: Let's do a little spoiler alert. We're going to post our staff predictions today, but we do a lot of different predictions. We don't just do the final score. We break down different things and give analysis, but we're going to give our final score predictions right here on the show. I have it 31-13 Ohio State. Um, so I have it right there on the point spread. I didn't even really think about that when I made my, uh, I guess I have Wisconsin barely covering if Wisconsin's favored by 19. Good math on my part there. Um, but I have Ohio State 31, Wisconsin 13. What's your final score prediction, sir?
1: I got it. Uh, Ohio State, 42-17. I, I think that Ohio State's able to put up a little bit more points there. Um, like I said, if they can start fast, get Wisconsin out of their game, I think that that's really going to bode well for this team as far as building the momentum. I've seen enough leaks in the secondary that they're susceptible to giving up a big play here and there. But I, I really believe that this defense, if they can shut down the run, is really going to uh, force Wisconsin – into uncomfortable situations, so
0: Buckeyes should be good to go here. Devin on Facebook says, "Can we can we give a round of applause for the way Emeka Buka has been playing lately?" All right, everybody, one. Two, three. <laughs> how Woo-hoo! about Kate? How about Kate Stover though? Kate Stover, Marvin Harrison Jr. But a round of applause for all those guys. Yeah,
1: I mean Kate Stover, hes playing out of his
0: mind. Like Ryan Day said, when
1: when you start getting guys focusing on the uh, perimeter. That's leaving a whole lot open for K Stover in the middle and he's out there balling. I mean, what what do you think, Dave? He's biggest uh tight end threat since Ricky Dudley. I mean, I'm saying that jokingly, but if you look at the way uh his numbers are racking up right now, he's he's gonna he's gonna be pushing some of the Ohio State tight end records if this uh if this trend continues forward with the tight end play. But pres- pleasantly surprised with Stover.
0: Yeah, I asked Ryan Day about that. Like, did you expect him to be this explosive in the passing game? I'm sure you expected him to be a good, you know, blocker. And, and they said, yes, we've seen that. We knew this. He had this in him. And I, I agree with you. Like, I was going back. I mean, and this is saying a lot. I think he's the best Ohio State tight end in recent memory. And I don't say that lightly because think about it. There, there have been three Ohio State tight ends in the last, what, 10 years? that have been third-round draft picks. Last year, Jeremy Ruckert was a third-round pick. Jeff Hyrman was a third-round pick. Nick Vanette was a third-round pick. Luke Farrow was a fifth round pick. They've had some good tight ends here, even though they haven't caught a lot of balls. Kate Stover, I think, might be the best of that group. So I'm surprised about point. I'm surprised how good his hands are. Yeah. Yeah. And just how explosive he looks. Like, I guess I shouldn't be that surprised by it. It was Mr. Football in the state of Ohio, playing both ways, playing linebacker. I know. His hands look good. He just he looks explosive. He's making, you know, catching like the ball, like, you know, going up to get it. It's just. I love it. Hey,
1: it's a, it's the a arm brace. It's deceptive, man. You look out. You look at him. He's out there with the RoboCop arm brace on, and you're not thinking that he's going to go out there and do some damage. And he's out there sneaking up, boys. Sneaking up on boys out there in the secondary. All
0: right, let's get into this one here. All right, um, now Michigan hasn't played anybody yet. That's going to change tomorrow. Maryland looks good. They have a ton of starters back from last year, and they have an electric offense led by Vialoa. They've got some good receivers. They've got a redshirt running back who's stepping up. They've got a big offensive line. Now, I'm not a fan of Mike Loxley as a head coach, but he can recruit his butt off. Maryland seems to at least have a good team this year. Your thoughts tomorrow. So uh, Michigan is favored by 17. So Ohio State's favored more over Wisconsin than Michigan is over Maryland. I can't wait for this game tomorrow. I'm glad Michigan's finally playing a team with the pulse. Tomorrow at high noon, 9 a.m. for you, sir. Um, What do you think about this matchup tomorrow, Wolverines and Terrapins? I think it's going to be a good game. I mean, first real
1: test for Michigan, we really don't know – what Michigan is all about considering that they've played a bunch of cupcakes so far this season. So this is going to be their true test here. You look at Maryland, uh, their wide receivers, they are dynamic. They're going to try to stress that defense. I think Michigan definitely has an edge up front when it comes to uh, the line of scrimmage on the offense and the defensive line. But I do think that Maryland is explosive enough and Mike Loxley is a good enough play caller to put a little pressure on that defense I just think that Michigan in the end may have a little too much depth, a little too much talent here. Will they cover? Mm, that's going to be that's going to be something that I will I will stay away from as far as the lines there because Michigan could easily have one of those games where they blow them out or it could be a battle that comes down to the last five minutes there. The thing is is you don't know which Maryland's going to show up. You can have a Mike Lashley that shows up and turns into a pumpkin by the second quarter, or you can have a Mike Loxley that come in there and plays out of their mind with their hair on fire. So their inconsistency has been kind of the theme when it comes to Maryland, but they do have uh, elite wide receivers on the outside and a solid quarterback who's going to be able to get them the football. We just don't know what this Michigan team can actually do once once they're playing someone who's not pretty much a, a Division II program.
0: I just can't wait. Yeah, as Devin on Facebook said, I just can't wait for the Ohio State-Michigan game this year. I think Michigan's going to be walking. I know they're going to be walking into a Hornets nest, and Michigan has a good team, but this is Ohio State's year. All right, a couple questions from live audience to get to. David is is currently driving in from North Carolina, going to the game tomorrow. All right, David, coming up from North Carolina, going to the game. Safe travels, my friend. He wants to know the latest on USC transfer Parker Lewis, the kicker. There's been talk, Jay Book, that he's been, you know, on campus, but – I don't think he can practice yet. I think it's an academic situation like we saw with E.A. Natiote last year. What are you hearing about Parker Lewis, the kicker? I haven't heard anything. Uh, last we heard, you know,
1: several weeks ago, they had mentioned it, said that they're still waiting on the NCAA. I don't I don't think that's been uh, rectified at this point, so I haven't heard anything in regards to,
0: to the kid. And we're just spitballing on this one, but um, Devin on Facebook wants to know, how soon do we think Jordan Hancock can come back? Here's the thing. When Ryan Day was asked about it a couple weeks ago, he said it was a he said he was close, but then he added it was a it was a significant injury that he suffered in camp. So it sounds like he dodged a bullet that it wasn't season ending. But then he added this week he's still not practicing. That tells me Jonah. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong here. This is just my opinion. Um, that tells me probably after the bye week at the earliest. He's not even practicing yet, and then you right. still got to get him up to speed. I'm thinking. I'm just hoping after the bye week, which is right in the middle of the regular season, I would take that. Get him back for week eight.
1: Yeah, I, I, I agree uh, when he says he's has he hasn't practiced in a long period of time. That right there tells me that at that point he has a long way to go because he's not in football shape. When you miss that much time, you're not in you don't have your legs under them. So he has to be able to get those legs underneath of him uh, to be able to play at a high level. It's one thing to say, hey, he's healthy and he's just kind of been going through uh, some of the light drills and stuff just to keep his legs under him, but that's not the case. He's been off um, with the trainers and stuff for several weeks now. So at the most, if we're optimistic, just my guess, I would say a month out, um, a ramp-up, he's going to need at least a couple weeks of ramp-up time just to make sure that what the injury that he is experiencing is completely healed and there's not going to be any type of setbacks.
0: Couple more to get here to. Um, people are probably wondering is Denzel Burke out? This is from JD on Facebook. No, he's not out. I know, you know, we, um, you know, Patrick Murphy was the first to report it. A lot of reporters reported this, but I think our Patrick, will give him credit, threw it out there first. He saw Denzel Burke, you know, we're waiting to go in for interviews after practice and we're waiting in the lobby. And all of a sudden, Denzel Burke just walks through in street clothes. Everybody's like, what is going on here? Um, and, but no, we're not hearing that he's out. Ohio State's saying it was just a, an excused absence. What are they gonna say though? I mean, that is weird though. I mean, Denzel Burke has an excuse to absence. As we know, Wednesday is the most important practice day, Tuesday and Wednesday. What do you make of that? I think he's gonna play, but what do yeah. you make of that? It's a little,
1: it's a little weird, Dave. I mean, who knows? Um, just speculating. Um, you can have you can, he could be having a, a class conflict or something to where they excuse him. But like you said, Wednesday is definitely an important day when it comes to install getting ready for Wisconsin. So fingers crossed that he is hurt. I mean, the depth there is is already pretty shaky. So the last thing that you can uh, afford is Burt going going down. Even if he's not playing at a high level, you still have to have enough bodies there. Uh, but it is, it is a little, a little eye-opening, Dave. So it's definitely something to keep an eye on.
0: All right, last one, Joel from Facebook. After Ohio State, that team up north in Penn State named me a decent Big Ten team. Same as every conference after the top three. He's saying he does not think Wisconsin is that good. I'll give you a team. I think Minnesota is legit. Not like legit, yeah. like top 10, but like they've got a sixth year senior quarterback in Tanner Morgan, who's been good throughout his career. And now is even playing better. They got Ibrahim, the back. You know, he's a good running back. They got a good offensive line. I think PJ Flex, a decent head coach. They've got a decent defense. I'll say Minnesota is that fourth best team, although Maryland is looking good to me as well. Michigan State laid an egg last week, but it was at Washington. I'll say Minnesota is another. Not a top 10 team, but a good team. Right. I agree. I think Minnesota
1: will be your fourth team. Uh, They're probably going to win the Big Ten West. Uh, Muhammad Ibrahim is running wild right now. They have two, they actually have two running backs that are really good and a heck of an offensive line. Uh, So I think Minnesota is one of those teams that have benefited from COVID extra years guys not departing for the transfer portal as much as you see with a lot of programs so they they've been able to keep a lot of their core players around up there in Minnesota so I do think that they are probably the fourth best team and then you can make an argument about Minnesota I I, I will say this Dave uh, Illinois is is a team if they had that catch over what if that catch wasn't overturned against Indiana you're probably talking about an Illinois team that would be knocking on the door for a top 25. Uh, I don't think Illinois is any good, but you have to respect what they're actually doing over there. But um, you know, maybe I, I was probably saying it's a toss up between Maryland and Minnesota for the fourth best team there. I'm not sold on Michigan state. I think Michigan state uh, secondary is still a major issue. They show a lot of their same warts against Washington. And, you know, Michael Penix was lighting them up over there at Washington. And the fact that Washington, uh, a team that's known for being a finesse team, was able to bully Michigan State up front in the run game tells you a lot about them. But Minnesota is going to be a team that, you know, will probably win the West. And who knows, Iowa, if they can find, you know, maybe – 20 points a game with their defense, they would would probably be a hard out for a lot of the other teams in the Big Ten West. But I'm not counting my chickens on that one. Iowa's offense is atrocious.
0: Yeah, really bad. They had a game where they scored seven points. They're like, oh, they got a touchdown, huh? No, they got a field goal and two safeties to get seven points against an FCS school, no less. If anybody else was, uh,
1: if if the offensive coordinator wasn't, if the head coach wasn't his father, the offensive coordinator would be fired from Iowa bottom line
0: no doubt yeah yeah if it wasn't yeah wasn't the coach's son he would be out there's already a movement to get him out even though he's the coach's son there's been some funny stuff that's happened with that too that they played some pranks on coaches and whatnot hilarious um great stuff as always from Jonah Booker J. Book comes strong uh really appreciate your insights my friend thank you to J. Book thank you to all of the listeners and viewers out there appreciate that very much hope everyone has a great day and a great weekend enjoy the game tomorrow night buck nutter (laughs)